Okay, welcome to the Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And today I want to talk about all things are possible. In my sobriety program, because that's where it all starts, is the process of taking a look at ourselves, our role, Um, when we were drinking in our relationships and, and admitting our wrongs. And the goal there is to start freeing up, uh, emptying the dark place that I talk about. And by removing those feelings of shame and guilt and um, embarrassment, by removing all of that, we make room for positive feelings, joy, you know, inspiration, all of these things. And so in, in time, for me, it took several years, we start to be able to focus outward instead of always focusing on ourselves and and being able to look at we get to the point where we can look at our own fears on a day-to-day basis and admit those um, take a look at them don't be afraid to look at them don't be fearful of looking at your fears and use them in some way to help others. If we communicate what's going on inside of us, we not only set it out into the universe, um, freeing up that space inside us, but we're also in turn using them for good. So what throughout my life was just crippling me now is something that I talk about. And by talking about it, I'm helping myself and hopefully helping others through going to my sobriety meetings, um, talking to my sponsees, and, and now this podcast. So as we start being able to use those fears and anxiety for good, we have to take time to acknowledge that mindset shift from having a victim mindset to more of an action mindset and a growth mindset. And it's not something, it's not just a switch that you can flick to go from one mindset to the other. It takes consistency. It takes a daily acknowledgement of, yes, I'm an alcoholic. Yes, I'm in recovery. Yes, I do a lot of things wrong. Let's look at what those things are. What am I fearful of? And and address it. 
look at it and do something about it on a daily basis. Because if I wait a single day holding on to something and not sharing it or putting it in my God box, it's just going to grow. It's like a weed and it goes into my dark place. It's like mold, you know, in a cold, dark place. It just grows if you don't do anything about it. So another important aspect of this is if I'm, if I mess up, if I don't look at something, you know, it's, it's not unheard of that you can't see it. You know, you can't see the fear or the anxiety or the cause of it. You just feel not right. Uh, a lot of people in the sobriety program talk about if I don't go to a meeting every day, I just don't feel right. And for me, that's because um, I'm not taking that valuable time to pause and and get just like an over, like a high level view of what's going on in my life, what's bothering me, and what can I do today to move towards recovering, you know, whether it's whether it's recovering in sobriety, recovering with my stroke, or just my lifelong quest to emotionally recover from the first half of my life. Um, so if I, if I don't do that on a daily basis, if I don't achieve that, if I don't see it one day, if I'm not quite sure what is wrong with me, but I know that something's just not quite right. I need to be gentle with myself and be like, you know what? It's progress, not perfection. It's, it may not happen for you today, but the best thing that you can do is just accept things the way that they are. The way that I would tell my kids if, um, if they didn't do perfect one day, I would tell them, you know, it's okay. Tomorrow's another day. And just be grateful for for what, what you have today and what you were able to do. Um, not going, you know, if you've got this, this self-imposed goal to go to the gym every day and you don't go and you just beat yourself up all day, nobody gave you that that requirement that you had to go to the gym every day you gave that to yourself and if you don't go one day because you don't feel like it I bet your body is telling you that you need to take a break or your body's telling you there's something else you need to focus on because typically if I'm if I have a goal to go to the gym and I don't go because I don't feel like it, then something's wrong on the inside. Something's bothering me. And, and that should be a red flag to me that if I don't feel like going to the gym, then I need to take that time that I would have gone to the gym and look inward and see what is it that's 
bothering me because on any given day, I'm a, an extremely positive person and I just want to do things. I want to better myself. I want, I mean, that's just my default mode. I realize that's not everybody's mode, but if I am not in that mode that day, that means that I've got to take a look at something else. And, and going to the gym is not it. Going and, and getting on the treadmill and running for 20 minutes, that's not what is going to make the healthiest Rachel today. Uh, what's going to make the healthiest Rachel is maybe I need to go to another meeting. Maybe I need to call a friend. Maybe I need to talk to my mommy, you know, because sometimes the only thing that helps me is to call my mommy, honestly. I mean, that may sound like I'm making fun, but I'm totally not. Um, I will sit sometimes and just be like, I need my mom. So, uh, so additionally, as part of the sobriety program, we take a look at, so I talked about admitting our wrongs. So we look at what we call the wreckage of our past. And by looking at it, we are able to start getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's the really opening that gate of willingness by getting comfortable being uncomfortable and talking about that wreckage of the past, we can help the next suffering alcoholic. And in turn, what I've learned here in this past couple months that I've been doing this podcast is that what I'm trying to do is share not the wreckage of my past, but the discomfort, pain, sadness, and uncomfortable feelings that I have right now um, in stroke recovery. Because what I'm hoping is that it will free myself to be able to invest my time in getting better and help the next suffering person, whether they're in recovery or not in recovery. I've had multiple people reach out either to me or to a friend of mine who shared this podcast and said, I'm not in recovery. I'm not uh, a, an alcoholic. Um, I haven't had a stroke. But what Rachel is talking about is real life issues. Um, and that's my, that's my hope because I know that as I'm facing this difficulty in my life, what I'm feeling are feelings that anybody else would feel. So you don't have to have had a stroke to understand what I'm talking about. And, um, and so I'm hoping by sharing it, I'm helping the next suffering human because I know I'm not unique. I thought for years 
that I was unique, that nobody would understand what's going on inside me. And it turns out that I'm not unique at all. There's not a single feeling I've ever felt in my life that somebody else hasn't also felt. And I didn't understand that until I stopped drinking. And now, once I stopped drinking, I started sharing more about myself than I ever did. I've always felt like I was like an open book and that I didn't have really anything that I wouldn't just talk about. I didn't feel like I was too shy to talk about any of my feelings. But now I make it a point to talk about my feelings because I know that maybe the person that I'm directly talking to at the moment that I'm having the conversation doesn't understand what I'm feeling like. But I bet you that that person sometime in their life is going to run across somebody who feels the same way as me. Or uh, the person I'm talking to does totally understand what I'm talking about. That's happened more so than than somebody not knowing what I'm talking about. Um, so I relate the, the way that the sobriety program allows us to work these steps and clean out the dark place allows me to seek joy and, and feel you know, free from addiction and all this stuff, all this stuff that I talk about in the program. And to me, I equate that to reaching my fullest potential while handling the difficulty that I'm in. And so I, as I've been doing these different podcasts and researching different things, one of them was Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the the bottom I don't know which direction the triangle was was in but the bottom or top of the last uh need was self-actualization and this is the concept of reaching our fullest potential and so I feel very strongly that by meeting our basic needs, we're able to, to reach that, to, to start working towards our potential. We can't work towards our potential without starting at the ground level. And that's the same as my sobriety program. We can't, we can't help others without first uh, cleaning up our side of the street uh, addressing the wreckage of our past. So I, um, I find it really helpful to start meeting my basic needs with a routine. And that's, that goes back to my world famous schedule that I talk about. And on that schedule, it talks about, um, or it has eating, sleeping, meditating, 
therapy and and then just rest it's it's reward and rest is what it's called so I have two spaces on the schedule actually three spaces on the schedule for reward and rest and if I were to really dissect those spaces on my schedule those are the spaces for reaching my greatest potential this is where I have time to do things that I enjoy and since I've since I've taken care of all the other things the basic needs I've got this allotted space to focus on other stuff to live you know um so I I heard this morning in my meeting about starting my day with gratitude and I I actually end my day with gratitude but I think by by taking that time in the morning for my sobriety meeting I'm I'm more rather than starting my day with gratitude I'm starting my day with some some pensiveness you know I'm I'm starting each day with a foundation that says yes I'm gonna do this today I'm going to meet my basic needs today I'm not gonna pick up a drink today and if I do those two things then I can push myself up against my greatest potential so like I was talking about earlier, um, being gentle with myself, I have absolutely been through times in my life where it's all or nothing, having an all or nothing mindset. And what that means is either, you know, I have a goal that I'm going to go to the gym every day. Well, first of all, is the goal reasonable? No, it's not. It's not reasonable that I'm going to go to the gym every single day. Um, but if I miss one day, you know, that, oh, it's, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to cancel my membership, you know. Um, I have to keep myself away from falling into that trap. Uh, because it's really easy. It's really easy to do. I I was thinking uh, lately I have my sewing machine. I have had my sewing machine out to work on my different projects. And I had a friend come over today who um, was going to work a little bit from my house. So I put my sewing machine uh, away so that there was room for her to to work on her laptop and as I was putting the the sewing machine away there was this slight bit of negative self-talk which was oh you're never going to pick this up again or you haven't been doing this for like a couple weeks so just put everything away and maybe you can pick it up later in the year or something like that it was really extravagant thinking and all I was doing was cleaning my desk off for my friend but my those stories I tell myself are really incredible um 
So trying to stay away from an all or nothing mindset, not forcing things to happen my way and on my schedule. There are times, again, like going to the gym when I just don't feel like it. Well, there are times that you push yourself to go to the gym and there are times that you recognize maybe there's something else I need to focus on. And there, I'm sure that there are people who devote their lives to figuring out when those times are that you need to listen to I don't feel like it and when you need to push yourself. And I, I don't know what the magic formula is for that, but I, I think that there are times in my life that I want something to happen and it's, it's just not going to happen on my time. Um, I've talked about being in relationships and having difficult ones, having people that just straight up piss me off and wanting them to see something my way or do something my way. And it's just not going to happen. And the only person suffering during those times that I'm trying to control people, places, and things is me. They, the other person has absolutely no idea, or maybe they know that, uh, that I'm upset, but they don't care, or they know what's best for them or for me, regardless of, of what I think should happen. And so in sobriety, I've learned, I'm learning, and will probably be learning, I will be a student for the rest of my life, how to let things go, how to, by letting things go, that doesn't mean I need to just stop paying attention to the issue, but it means to let life play out on its own. And I've talked about that and how, how most often when I release control and I watch something play out without me, it happens much better than it would have and with a lot less energy on my part in the best way possible. So... As similarly to that concept of cleaning out my dark space, dark place to make room for uh, joy and serenity, I think of this idea that I've learned somewhere along the way. Now, this was before sobriety started for me, but. I don't know if it was a book or somebody told me about this, this, uh, this idea, which is to write everything down, write, 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 write everything down. Just because we can store things in our brains doesn't mean that we should. 
store things there. So what I learned and what I have found to be true is the more shit that I store in my brain, the less space I have for processing. So, for example, if I'm working and I have about 10 things on my plate for the day, I, if I write it down, I am able to free all my storage space up and use that part of my brain for processing, for working through the things that are on my plate. And I don't have to keep drifting back to, oh, when did I need, I need to do this, I need to do that. You know, just write it down. I don't, I don't have to spend any more time remembering or prioritizing or making sure that I'm meeting hourly deadlines or anything like that if I just write it down. And then I'm, I'm free. I, I, I literally feel free to just process data throughout the day, to live, um, to work. And, and I find that that applies in everything that I do. And that's why I've come up with this world famous schedule because I don't have to remember that I have to do vision therapy each day. I don't have to remember that I need to take a break. You know, after I do my podcast, I have to take a break at least for one hour. That's my requirement because I know that my brain needs the rest. And so without having that written down, I would just almost aimlessly walk around the house thinking about, oh, what was I, what do I need to do? You know, it's just there for me to, um, to look at. And that means I have more space for handling the emotions and the fear and, and quite honestly, be able to think clearly to do the task that I need to do throughout the day. And being on short-term disability, you may think that I have it easy. I don't have a lot to do. There is an overwhelming sense of emotions and fear and pain that are creating this brain fog that lives with me all day long, each day. And the more that I'm trying to remember and not write down, the more that brain fog just kicks in. And I start doing things that are uh, either costly, like leaving the hose on outside, or dangerous if I were to, you know, leave the stove on or something like that. And that's what I'm most fearful of. So making a list is, uh, is helpful in, in all things in life. You know, I made a list in sobriety of the people that I had hurt and, and then made a list of the wrongs that I had done to them. And then I made a list of the people that I need to make amends to. 
And today in recovery, I make a list of things that are bothering me. I make a list of things that I need to do. So I'm constantly trying to free up the storage space in my head for processing. And it really works for me. So give it a give it a try. And having that routine um, very much enables me to reach my greatest potential on a daily basis. And if I can do it daily, then if I were to look at a graph, uh, I know certainly that that if potential was at the upper right hand corner, um, my line graph is just moving towards it for sure, uh, forward and up. So I, I looked up a little bit about um, how one can reach their greatest potential. And it was interesting as, uh, or, or uninteresting maybe I should say, it was uninteresting to me that all these websites and YouTube videos and everything have all these recommendations, lists, if you will, on how you can reach your greatest potential. Things like um, taking time to reflect, um, look at the big picture, manage your time, set goals, take little steps, um, having a growth mindset, discipline and consistency. All of these things that are like your standard, this is how you can live better list of items. Um, but what I was really moved by was the idea of how do we meet our greatest potential? The answer to me is how do we react to failure and obstacles? That's how we reach our greatest potential. I, the, the, the difference between these is are you looking at your greatest potential on a lifetime scale, you know, timeline? Are you looking at your greatest potential on a quarterly basis? Or are you looking at it on a daily basis? And even more than that, are you looking at it on, on a scale of each and every obstacle you approach. And that, for me, is how to reach the greatest potential. And this I equate to, again, sobriety, where we have this um, live in the day, live in the moment, um, we only have today. All of these concepts that are repeated to me in my sobriety program help me to live one day at a time. I'm sure even if you're not in sobriety, you've heard the concept of living one day at a time. 
There are in early sobriety, you're living one moment at a time. You're living one second at a time. You are going through all of your firsts and learning how to do those without alcohol, learning to live without alcohol. And I feel that to reach our greatest potential, uh, in other words, live a lifetime free from the addiction of alcohol, free from the obsession of alcohol, I have to, in the beginning, look at each obstacle that is in front of me and make a decision on how I'm going to approach and walk through that obstacle. Not how am I going to walk around the obstacle, but how am I going to walk through it? The only way, way to it is through it. I said that a lot in my earlier episodes. And I feel that if we meet obstacles or meet failure or meet pain in a way that we're taking lessons that we've learned earlier in our lives and applying them in any way we know how to whatever obstacle, pain, or failure is right in front of us and then walking through it acknowledging what it feels like to be on the other side of that pain, failure, or obstacle, then we have learned the next lesson. And it's just one, one chunk of time that you can actually encapsulate into one experience, one learned lesson. And then take a snapshot, almost, kind of like I've always talked about snapshots, but take a snapshot of that feeling. What did it feel like before the obstacle, before you encountered the failure, before the pain? What did it feel like through while you were walking through it? What did it, what did the pain feel like? How much did it hurt, either physically or emotionally? How much did the failure knock you down? How sad did it make you? You know, how upset was it? How much did you feel defeated from that one failure? And how big of an obstacle was it? How difficult was it to push that obstacle down? And then third, look at what it felt like afterwards. How good did it feel to get to the other side? How good does it feel to have your pain subside? And to be able to take a breath and, and, and just pause. You know, what does that space 
feel like that you just made. You just cleared away some some wreckage. You just cleared away some pain. You cleared away something from your dark place. And you made space. And in that space, what do you put in it? Well, you can put joy in it. You can put serenity in it. Or if you want to apply it to the next pain, obstacle, fear, failure, you can put a lesson in that space and carry it with you. Throw it on your back, in your backpack, and carry it with you um, so that you are empowered, um, you have the tools to handle the next obstacle, pain, and failure. It's what we do with that negative stuff that allows us to reach our fullest potential. If we turn away, we walk around, we turn away, we find another route, we, do, we find the easier, softer way, we're not learning anything. We're not growing. So that is my take on how we reach our fullest potential. This is how I'm pushing through my recoveries. Um, this is how I meet my challenges with people, places, and things. I'm not doing it perfect, but it's it's something that I can be gentle with myself about. So thank you for listening. And uh, don't forget to follow if you haven't already. Have a great day and I'll talk to you tomorrow.